The game is over. Your Bucks postgame show starts now. Welcome to Bucks Talk. Insight, analysis, and your chance to sound off on the game you just heard. Now to break it all down, here's your host, Justin Garcia. Well, the optics may not have been great, but as we heard from head coach Adrian Griffin, a win is a win, and wins are difficult to get in the NBA. We had mentioned before the game, you really need to win both of these games in Detroit against the Pistons, but you're also hoping that these were some feel-good wins. Now, you felt good about the fourth quarter, but there's still a lot to pick apart and need to see some improvement upon starting with Monday in that same building against the same opponent, the Detroit Pistons. 855-616-1620 is the number to join us today on Bucks Talk. Uh, let's kick things off and jump right out to the phone lines in a frustrating win, but a win nonetheless, and start to get the pulse of the fan here. We begin things with Lewis in Shorewood. Uh, Lewis, fired up after this one? Hey, Justin. Um, appreciate you taking the call. And, and all season long, I've loved your optimism, even in tough wins or losses. But a game like tonight against a lowly, lowly Detroit Pistons team I feel like you got to come out swinging. You got to come out showing intensity. You can't give up uh, any leads that you've got because they are a scrappy team. They they've shown that in their few wins and their uh, near wins. But um, I I just feel like at what point do you um, you know got to turn it up a little bit and and where do you find? more areas for us to improve and for us to realize that here in the second half. Well, uh, I, I think the, the one area, thanks for the call, Lewis, it, it is clearly on the defensive side that that's where we need to see the most improvement. Um, we heard from Adrian Griffin after the game today that he felt like the big challenge, and, and he had said, these were his words, that he felt like the starters played pretty well defensively, and again, you, you did see improvement. The Pistons got up to 67 points, and look, that that's where we, I suppose, should start. It's a Pistons team that averages 112 points per game. They had the 26th rated offense in the league at about a 110 offensive rating. First half numbers, they put up 67 points, so more than halfway past their season average. They had an offensive rating over 126 in that first half. They shot the three close to 60%. Now the hope was, well, I suppose I feel good. I, I don't feel great about the the volume of points the Bucks gave up. And again, the expectation of go to Detroit and win two games, and, and I'm not going to say easily, but do so dominantly. You did not see that in the first half. You trailed by as many as eight or nine in that first half. You closed out the quarter relatively strong, and where you felt good was saying, well, they they shot close to 60% on three. They had much more makes. They were 10 of 17 in the first half. At one point, they were 10 of 14. That you felt good there saying, okay, we're up by three. They shot very hot. That's going to start to balance out in the second half, and it did not. They went from 10 of 17 to making 11 in the second half. And this is a Pistons team that averages 10 makes per game. I know we heard from Adrian Griffin 
Their bench presented some problems because it's a veteran group. Their bench was fantastic today with the amount of points that they scored, with how productive guys uh, were on that second unit for the Pistons in this game. But these are all things that I said before the game on Bucks shoot-around, there is no magic number of when things start to click. It could be 20 games, it could be 30 games, it could be 40 games, whatever it is. But you need to see consistent growth. And I know growth is not linear, and that's the challenging part of all of this. But there's still some issues that we see continue to pop up, repetitive issues for this team. I think that's the frustrating part that a lot of fans have had, and especially when you pinpoint the defense. So where does it need to improve? Look, the offense, it's not without flaws, but the offense remains elite. And I know the Pistons aren't a great team. You put up 141 points Damian Lillard shows you when Dame's hitting shots, this team is just going to be tough to beat for how much that opens things up, not only for Giannis, for Malik Beasley, Brooke Lopez had a pretty good game today as well. Chris Middleton is your third option. And again, when Dame is hitting shots, it changes everything for those guys. But we just need to see more consistency on the defensive side of the ball. 855-616-1620, the number to join us today on Bucks Talk. It's a win but I don't know if it's a win you leave feeling great about. And now you get a chance to have one of those wins two days from now against the same team. And I'm going to be very curious to see how the Pistons look differently. We heard some thoughts on Griff on, on what they need to do differently, and we can get into that coming up after the break. But I'm going to be curious to see what this Pistons team looks like on Monday. 855-616-1620 is that number to join us. More after this on Bucks Talk. Welcome back to Bucks Talk. One forty-one to one thirty-five. The final in Detroit. The Bucks do beat the Pistons, but maybe not the feel-good win that uh, you were hoping for. At least not the first half and most of those first three quarters. 855-616-1620, the number to join us today on Bucks Talk. Let's head back to the phone lines and check in with Will I.M. What's uh, going on today, Will? Hey, Justin. Happy weekend. Happy Bucks win here, man. But like you stated right before you took my call here, got to pick up on the small bits on the defensive end. So other than that, man, you know, it's really fun watching this team get up. And, you know, obviously the new 140-plus score is not as eye-boggling as it used to be, but, you know, it seems these teams that have less than 10 wins really love to stick around and, you know, hang around, even though people do like to kind of dog them or joke them around, but this Pistons team came to ball again, man, and, you know, hats off to them, but, you know, I don't like seeing what we saw, you know, I really would have loved some more effort from the bench, and this game kind of went down to the wire, so to speak, at the end here, but I was happy with the settle improvements, so uh, it's the longevity test here. Like you said, it's not going to be 30 games, 40 games. It's going to be probably 50. That's where my guess is where we'll see where if, and if, you know, there's any trades or anything like that, how good and where the defense will be. Would you agree? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, 50 would, um, would be the hope. Thanks for the call, Will, because that would take you basically right up until – the uh, trade deadline, I believe, somewhere around there, leading up to it pretty close because um, you're up to 42 games played now. 
You have that one game in Detroit to wrap up this series on Monday. Then you have the two games at home next week against the Cavaliers. Three games at home total, but the two against the Cavs and then the Pelicans come to town who are playing well of late for a back-to-back Friday-Saturday. And then you depart on the road. So you've got uh, between now and the end of January, um, what, six games, I believe, left. So I'll put you at 58, and you would be uh, game number uh, 48, I beg your pardon. Uh, game number 50, it would be Sunday the 4th in Utah against the Jazz. So that trade deadline, you do play at home against the Timberwolves. That's game number 52. So... To Will's point, if it's 50 games, it's going to be taking you right up to the deadline, hopefully. But look, it, it I think the big thing is we had tried to caution before the season. It's going to take time. And I know it's frustrating to hear. I know you don't like hearing the same thing over and over, and especially when you have sky-high expectations for this team. But it it is going to take time. And we're seeing it may be taking more time than you envisioned, especially on the defensive end. I did mention those um, those comments from Adrian Griffin. You may have heard them on the uh, network post game, but I do want to relay some of those about the defense and what he saw and how you prepare for the Pistons round two on Monday. We'll get into that after this on Bucks Talk. The round ball repartee returns. This is Bucks Talk. All right, so I do want to preface: you did win, and as we heard from Adrian Griffin. Wins are tough in the NBA. And and look, this is a, a Pistons team that is not good. They have the worst record in the league. And there's a bit of a gap between the Pistons, the Spurs, the Hornets, the Wizards. And they were very competitive. Not only competitive, they were leading by nine in the first quarter. They came back in the third quarter as well. Their bench was huge, and I think one of the interesting things is we we pointed to the bench production, 85 from the Pistons, just 18 from the Bucs. And and it's interesting because this is the first time since the first few games of this season, but that was still early when this team was still brand new. This is the first time this team has been fully healthy. You know, the only two absences today, Chris Livingston and Ty Ty Washington, who were just on assignment with the Wisconsin Herd. Jay Crowder's been back for two games now. Andre Jackson Jr. remains a big part of that rotation. He played uh, the most minutes of anybody on the bench, not named Bobby Portis today. So you had your preferred lineups, and we did hear from Adrian Griffin prior to the game. This is the interesting stretch because you're healthy, you're moving into the trade deadline. You're moving into, he didn't mention the trade deadline, but you're moving into that. You're moving into the second half of the season. And this is the part where you have to figure out what does our rotation look like? Who plays when? Who gets minutes? Who doesn't get minutes? As Griff said before the game, you know, one of the challenges of being healthy, we've talked about this on this game, on Buck Shootaround, on the network, is that, look, the minutes have to come from somewhere. You don't just magically get gifted a 53-minute game because you're healthy. So it's great that Jay Crowder's back, but where are those minutes going to come from? And as Adrian Griffin said before the game, it's probably going to be Jay Crowder and Andre battling each other for some minutes. Andre Jackson Jr., two points today in 16 minutes, but seven rebounds. Continues to make those types of plays. And I, I think when you're Adrian Griffin, you're just looking for who are guys that I trust and who are guys that are going to be defensive playmakers. 
You think that's going to be Jay Crowder. We've seen throughout his career, Jay Crowder has been that guy. He gives you size. He gives you shooting. He gives you defensive ability and his ability to switch and play on on multiple uh, positions. You've started to see some of that from Andre Jackson Jr. as well. We've seen. You go back to when Giannis did not play against the Cavs. There's a lot you want to forget about that game and a 40-point loss, but one of the things to remember, Andre Jackson Jr. was your starting power forward. We've seen him play that small ball four at times. So it's a matter of finding what are the combinations that work. And I mention all this because, you know, this is another game where it's now starting to become a trend. We did not see campaign. We did not see Marjan Bochamp. As this team continues to find what are the right combinations, we have seen now pretty consistently Adrian Griffin settling in on what had been really an eight-man rotation, and now with Jay's return, it's been a nine-man rotation that this team is kind of sad at for a couple of weeks now. This isn't just small sample theater and uh, a couple of games where we've seen this. This has really started to crystallize dating back to December. 855-616-1620, the number to join us today on uh, Bucks Talk. So what does that all mean, and what do you got to see Monday in Detroit against the Pistons specifically on the defensive end. We'll get into that and some of the ongoing chatter that is out there after this on Bucks Talk. This is Bucks Talk. One forty-one to one thirty-five. Our final score here: the Bucks do beat the Pistons, but um, not without some stress. And not without some things that that need to be cleaned up defensively. So I mentioned Adrian Griffin said he felt pretty good about what he saw defensively from the starters. And again, it's a Pistons team that had 85 from their bench. 85 points from the second unit. Second time this season we've seen an opponent do that to the Bucs. And it kind of speaks to the way this bench is. So I mentioned you're fully healthy now. But I think the misconception is... That's not necessarily going to spark your bench production. You did see a drop-off. Offensive production, I should say. Back-of-the-card numbers, that type of production. We did see a drop-off a little bit when you had to slide other players into the starting lineup. Not just with Jay Crowder's absence, who is a bench player, um, but when you had Damian Lillard out for three games, Giannis has only missed two games when Chris Middleton was out. We've seen that, whether it's Marjan Beauchamp, Andre Jackson Jr., whoever it may be, sliding into the starting lineup, it's going to take away from your bench. But this is not a Bucks bench that is constructed to score a lot of points. And that's why I don't get hung up a lot on the bench numbers. If the Bucks bench is outscored by the opposition, so be it. You know, when you have Giannis and Damian Lillard and Chris Middleton, your starters are going to score a lot of points. Malik Beasley, too. 11 points today for Bees, only one three. Brooke Lopez is capable of pouring in 20. The thought isn't to get a lot of scoring from your bench. You're getting that from the starters. The thought with the bench is very similar to uh, what we've seen for a handful of the last few years with this group, is we're going to give you a lead. Don't cough it up, or at least minimize the damage, right? Try to preserve that lead for us. Today you ran into a buzzsaw of a Pistons team that has a bench that would be very useful for a competitive team. When you think about the vets that they have, Mike Muscala, who is probably going to be moved, 
Danilo Gallinari, same thing. He is probably going to be shipped out at some point, whether that's a buyout or a trade. Alec Burks is a guy that was on a number of teams, including the Bucks' radar a season ago. I'm sure he will also be moved within the next three weeks. Uh, even their starters, Boyan Bogdanovich, is likely to be traded this season. It's a lot of nice pieces in terms of guys that are capable of scoring and hitting shots and are veteran guys. They're guys that are really helpful on playoff caliber teams. But 78 points, you know, you can live with 85 points, I beg your pardon. You can live with and you accept this bench isn't going to score a lot of points. You're going to have those blips on the radar and, and one-offs where, hey, it's a productive game from the bench. I think that number you strive for is 30. Can we find a way to get four or five guys that can give you six to seven to eight points and, and we can hold our own? But days like today, if you're not getting it defensively, as, as Griff kind of pointed to, that's where he thought the issues came from. You need more of that on the offensive end. So, so his exact thoughts where this was a Pistons team that their bench made the biggest impact. It's hard to argue against that when their bench scored 85 points in a game where they scored 135, just 50 from the starters. Uh, it's a talented group. All those guys, proven veterans in the league. They have some some good young pieces as well, as we mentioned, in Asar Thompson and Demarcus Sasser. I know their record is not indicative of that talent. They have some good players over there. We were kind of forced to get out on uh, some of our coverages, change our coverages because of the way that uh, they were playing and their shooters that they had out there that we needed to account for. We didn't do a good job of guarding on the perimeter and closing out with more urgency and stretches. They played extremely well. Our starters were really defending well, but we did not do a good job on that second unit. And I think it wasn't the bench per se, but we saw some of those coverage changes and issues that Griff talked about Earlier in the game, too, when you thought about Boyan Bogdanovich playing the five for the Pistons and forcing Brooke Lopez to step out on the perimeter and to and defend him there. Not the strength for Brooke Lopez. Those are some of the things, and those are the types of sequences. Even when they were playing smaller with Gallinari and Muscala on the floor together, it's all on the perimeter, and that changes who you can play and how you defend. And we saw some of those miscues. So that's what Adrian Griffin is talking about and that's, I think, the number one thing to start with in terms of what do we got to do differently on Monday. The fact that he highlighted it, that, the fact that we could all see it plain as day, I would think is is the biggest thing to adjust. But the the moral of all of it is, look, I know the Bucks are healthy. This isn't going to be a top-scoring bench unit. They weren't constructed to be that. But... You need those defensive plays. You need that from Jay Crowder, from Bobby Portis, Andre Jackson Jr. Pat Connaughton had a relatively good game. Ten points, knocked down two threes, had four rebounds. Um, But if you're not going to score, you need to help us preserve that lead. And we did not see that today. 855-616-1620 is the number to join us on Bucks Talk. Uh, Take another look at the standings. And what we've seen in the Eastern Conference these last few games, because there is one team I have repeatedly said, this is the team I am maybe most cautious about. What that team has looked like. We'll get into that conversation and wrap things up after this on Bucks Talk. Welcome back to Bucks Talk.
Bucks win it in Detroit, 141-135. to And, look, the offense, no complaints. 45-piece from Damian Lillard, his, uh, his season high, most scored in the Bucks uniform. Giannis with a near triple-double. This after just eight points at halftime, two rebounds, six assists, and Giannis gets above 30 points here. There's no complaints about the offense. It's not only defensively to give up 135 points. Like we we got to start to piece together some games where you can start to chip away at that defensive rating, where the Bucks' season as a whole are once again back into the bottom 10. Even if we look at that magical date of November 3rd, uh, prior to this game, it was 16th in defensive rating in games played since putting Brooke Lopez back in the drop. That's probably going to be somewhere around 18th after this performance today. Um, I mentioned before the game, I would assume we'll start to look at the since Jay Crowder returned, whether that is uh, your metric since January, um, what, 17th? Maybe let's hope to skip this game and that game against the Cavs. So maybe it's going to be, hey, from January 21st onward, here's what the defense looked like. Uh, But that's where you really need to see some of those growths made defensively, 135 points against a team that is, I know I mentioned they have capable offensive players, they have veterans, they have guys that can knock down shots. This is a bad offensive team. It's a team that averaged 10 three-pointers made per game. It's a team that averages 110 points per game, and they blew past both of those. So you got to clean those things up, and you have to start to build that sample size of not just one-offs, of, hey, Here's a stretch of at least 10 games where this group looks much different defensively. Offense, as Giannis pointed out as well, it's great that you can score 140 points a game. A lot of teams can. That's the way the league is now. You're not going to score consistently. You're not going to score 140 points in the playoffs. You can't rely on winning games in the postseason 135 to 133. you got to find that defense. Now, it's... You feel much better about the half-court offense in the playoffs. That I, I do think that's where you're best positioned. It's not going to be a massive drop-off offensively. There's going to be a drop-off when you get to the postseason. But in the meantime, how do we rise the defense as well to match, maybe not match that level of the offense, but again, just slightly better than league average. That's what you're shooting for on the defensive end. It's going to take more reps to figure out how do we work Jay Crowder back into this. Are there some minutes where he can play Jay Crowder and uh, Andre Jackson Jr.? Because, again, there are going to be tweaks made to the personnel, to the lineups, to the rotations. I think you can handle playing more one-way players that are defensive players when you got Giannis and Dame on the floor together. But that's the challenge for these final few months of the regular season, to get that defense positioned to get through four rounds of postseason basketball. And you just got to start putting it on film. That's where you thought today presented a big opportunity. Monday is another one of those opportunities presenting themselves to do the same against this Detroit Pistons team, against this same Detroit Pistons team. Monday night from Detroit, same two teams, same arena, 6 o'clock tip, 5.30 is when our pregame coverage begins. And as always, be sure to stick around after the game for Bucks Talk. We'll talk to you once more on Monday from Detroit.